Eu quero ser um testemunho. Good morning. We have been dealing with uh, the book of Daniel. And the book of Daniel is really interesting because it shows, it shows a form of pride that the only way to describe it is ignorant pride. It, it, it doesn't make any sense from, from the, 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 the work that God did with uh, Nebuchadnezzar on first chapter, second chapter, third chapter. We're now on the fifth chapter. And we're dealing with Belshazzar, the son of Nebuchadnezzar. And, and pride seems to be prevailing in, the, in this man's life. And so, after all that, these three young Jewish boys, especially Daniel, 14 years of age, at this time, when chapter 5 uh, takes place, Daniel is about... 70 to 80 years old. And God still has His hands on him. You know, that's really comforting to an old preacher to know that uh, in spite of what uh, you might think, you know, I should have been dead by now, but I got a long way to go. I have a long way to go. And I want to make sure that uh, the last of my life improves. And you probably say, Rick, but uh, <clears throat> what makes you stay so put, so forward? Well, confession of sins is number one. Number two is no pride. And so, let's take a look at this chapter because it's really interesting. The son of Nebuchadnezzar uh, uh, <clears throat> made a great feast to a thousand of his lords. So this is a big party. A thousand of his lords. And drunk wine before the thousand. And Belshazzar, while he tasted the wine, <coughs> he commended that his subordinates go into the treasure and bring the utensils, the cups that came out of the Lord's house in Jerusalem. You know, they, 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 they came into the temple and they took all the objects of gold from the temple. And the king, his princes, his wives, his concubines, began to drink from it. It's like a, you know, it's like a trying the, the mind of God. When pride is that ignorant, when you begin to think that you yourself have any value or any type of ministry whatsoever, you cross into the dark world of pride. You begin to think that you are something else. You begin to think that you are really something special. And as people begin to pour to hear you, ah, that pride begins to creeping. It's creeping pride. It begins to move inside of your heart, and you begin to think that you have something special that other people might uh, look at you and see the great gifts that you have. Well, that's pride. Pride comes before the fall. And so the story is an interesting story. He uses sacred vessels ordained by God
and to use them as a sacrifice to heathen gods. And so, they drunk and praised the gods of gold, silver, brass, and iron, wood, and stone. Now, in the same hour, so when you, when, you, when, you, when you cross a threshold to where you think of yourself as something special, things begin to happen automatically. Pride doesn't take 20 years to set in, or, or the effects of pride doesn't take a lifetime. It's something like as fast as a, as a Georgia football receiver down the line at about uh, 22 miles per hour driving to receive a, a pass that's coming in from the quarterback. It's instant. And so, in the same hour, in the same hour that he began to drink the wine from the vessels of the temple, in the same hour came forth fingers of a man's hand. <laughs> that's scary. You know, uh, this is really scary. You're talking about a beautiful wall adorned with uh, flowers on each side and, 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 uh, and display of grandeur and majesty that a hand shows up on the top of the wall and, uh, and wrote against the candlestick upon the plaster of the wall of the king's palace. Fingers of a man's hand writing down. And so uh, the purpose of that is just not, it's also, is to deal with Belchizer, which is Nebuchadnezzar's son, but also to deal with a thousand people. So imagine a thousand people looking and suddenly a hand. Now, the hand had to be big enough for a thousand people to see. It wasn't a hand about this big or the size of my hand. It was a hand the size of uh, about this much. Now the same hand that wrote there is the same hand that wrote the Ten Commandments. And suddenly the king's countenance changed. His thoughts troubled him. So that his joints of his loins were loosed and his knees smote against each other. Meaning he is stricken with fear. Which is a good sign. It's a good sign. When you, when you see something that convicts very fast, it shows that you are, in a way, easy to convict. And I'm sure that uh, there are people who will never be convicted of pride because they think that God made them that way. See, you have a gift of preaching. But you don't have a gift of prayer. It doesn't go together. You have a gift of displaying the gospel before others and, and, and communicating with thousands. But you never knew before God. You have this language and this verbiage that moves people's hearts. But you never bow before God a single day of your life. You're all on top of a checkbook. <laughs> 
Money is more important than anything else. That's the that's the uh, uh, the beginning of pride. When you go to a doctor and the doctor examines you and he prescribes something for you, the prescription of pride is when you have a form of godliness that rises above the knowledge of God. It rises, meaning, meaning, meaning that there's no conviction, there's no repentance, there's no prayer, there's no humbleness, there's no humility, there's no conviction. Means I have a gift and you got to see my gift because I am gifted. When you think you're gifted, you already have a lot of pride in you that can kill you. In other words, you might be respected by what you do, but God won't bless you. And so, the king cried out loud to bring the... <laughs> there it goes again. Bring the magicians. Bring this and bring that. You know... You got three Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and David, and, and, and of course Daniel. It's already in that court, and he's about seventy-five years old. And Belshazzar should know that there's somebody so important. But Belshazzar is just on the wine. He just wants to drink the wine. Let me celebrate how good I am. On verse seven of chapter five. The king called the astrologers, the Chaldeans, the soothsayers. And the king spoke and said to the wise men of Babylon, Whosoever shall read this. In other words, I'll promote you to third in the kingdom. I'm going, somebody has to understand what these words are on the wall. Because the hand wrote three, one, two, three words. Is that right? Let's count. One, two, three, four words. But nobody knew what he meant. And so, the condition of Belchizer is the condition of many of us that in the midst of a storm, the midst of a pandemic, we think that somehow what we do will change the situation. All of us need to repent. I mean, I spend more time on repentance than anything else. And as you repent before God, as you ask Him to forgive you, you begin to be strengthened. You begin to be moving forward. You begin to be open to what God is doing and will do through your life. But Belchizer is on the wine. They came and all the king's wise men, but they could not read the interpretation and what the words meant. They could not understand it. And he was a. a, a it's, let me tell you. Let me read chapter, verse nine. King Belshazzar greatly troubled, and his countenance was changed in himself, and his lords were astonished. Astonished that something remained. Now you probably say it says in that same hour. Did the hand stay in place? Did the words begin? Were there clearly stated? I don't know. I don't know if the hands were moved somewhere. I don't know if the hands disappeared. All I know is that over there, the writing was, was staying there. And a thousand people were looking at it. That's a scary thing. 
Now, something happens here that a person came and interrupted the procedures. It was the queen's, the wife of Belshazzar. By reason of the words of the king and his lords came in the banquet house, and the queen spoke and said, O king, live forever. Let not your, tro- your thoughts trouble you, not let your conscience be changed. There is a man in your kingdom in whom the spirit of the Lord, of the holy gods, is in him. Even <laughs> in other words, David probably, I'm sorry, I keep on saying this, Daniel probably has been talking to Belshazzar's wife. His personal ministry was felt throughout the palace. But this woman wasn't convicted of who God of Israel, the God of Jacob, the God of Isaac is. He, she, she, uh, she simply said, there's a man in which the spirits of the holy gods are in him. And uh, your father made master of the magicians, astrologers, and Chaldeans for as much as an excellent spirit. So, so the queen's, uh, Belchizer's wife, recognized ideas and thoughts about Daniel that were revealing that she had some thoughts, some feeling for him. It says, For as much as an excellent spirit in knowledge and understanding, interpreting dreams and showing of hard sentences and dissolving of doubts were found in the same Daniel, whom the king named Belchizer. Now let Daniel be called and he will show you the interpretation. In other words, Belchizer had no idea where Daniel was. You know, you're talking about from 14 years old to 75 to 80 years old, living in the palace and totally ignored. I don't think that Daniel was just not doing his ministry. I don't think that a man that could have a sense of wisdom and an ability to discern dreams and and a, a spirit of interpretation that was awesome before God, the hand of God is upon him. Uh, Something had to be going on in David and Daniel's ministry. And the word says, Daniel was then brought before the king. And the king spoke. He said, are you Daniel the one who came from the capital of Judah? And uh, 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 whom the, the, the king, my father, brought you out of being a Jewish to be with us. I haven't heard of you. And the spirit of the gods is in you. In other words, it makes me sort of a... It doesn't... When pride covers your understanding of life, you don't recognize who God is. Your idea of yourself is very high. And you remain... You know, when, you, when your ministry makes a million, a million, five million, ten million, twenty million, thirty million dollars and you have right in front of you, you know, you are convinced that you have an appeal to the masses that will change their lives. Every man of God that I know, that still today minister, and there's an anointing in their lives, it's a humble man, a humble person. When you begin to think that you have something that is very, very profitable, you already lost your whole ministry and you're full of pride. So, and that light and understanding and excellent wisdom is found in you. And now the wise men were brought in. They couldn't interpret it. I have heard of you and that you make interpretation dissolve uh, problems. And, and, uh, and, uh, and I have a chain of gold to put on your neck and elevate you to the third in the kingdom. If you can describe and tell me what those words mean. 
It's a scary thing when you are looking at something that came out of nowhere by a hand and you don't know what it means. And so this is, this is a banquet that turns sour. Nobody is drinking wine anymore. All the cups are on the table. Everybody is around the king and the, and the queen and they're listening to a Jewish man in the age of 80 right now, or 75 to 80 years old, he is about to talk. Then Daniel answered and said before the king. Now, I want you to pay attention to what Daniel is going to say, because most of us, when we confronted with an attack from the devil, an attack from the enemy, we seem to just recall between ourselves, and we hold ourselves, and we protect ourselves, that we have no value, no reason to say anything. But look, the first thing that Daniel says is this. Let your gifts be to yourself. Money. You know, the love of money is the root of all evil. It is the mother of all pride. Oh, I tell you. I never received a check of any value that God didn't have a purpose for it. I have never received a gift of anyone that God didn't have a purpose for it. And by the way, all our bills are paid. All our salaries are paid. Everybody is blessed. And, 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 and it seems like the, the money that God gives us go far. You know, uh, been trying to diet. Been trying to lose this uh, basketball that's begun to form around my body. And so, I found a type of food that sustains me. And yet... There's no grease in it. How, how do you like to eat uh, <laughs> spaghetti made out of a zucchini? <laughs> now we say, Rick, what do you mean? It means that the wisdom of God is even in the things you eat. I'm going to eat a hamburger today that is, there's no burger there. It looks like a burger, it smells like a burger, it feels like a burger, it tastes like a burger, but it's not a burger. In other words, the wisdom of God to the blessed people of God causes you to live in a different world, a different life. And God supplies the needs to cover it, to bless you, to strengthen you. And so Daniel answered and said, let your gifts be to yourselves. I don't want your money. <laughs> Now tell me a preacher who will tell somebody who gives you money, I don't want it, you keep it. It takes a different form of being a pastor, isn't it? Have you given somebody a check back to him because of, of, of conviction of the Holy Spirit? We don't do this today. Well, <coughs> give your reward to another. That's really harsh words to Belchizer. In other words, I don't want your money. <coughs> and number two, Reward somebody else. I want nothing that you have. Because you see, Belchizer is a wealthy man. He ruled the earth. Yet, I will read the writing up unto the king and make known to him the interpretation. That's the servant of God. In other words, there's no... Uh, a servant of God will not... Uh, uh, please people. A servant of God will not uh, 
be nice and tender when God says otherwise. A servant of God will not uh, uh, <clears throat> deal with people in order to have them as their supporters or friends, but tell them the truth. Oh, you king, King James. Oh, you king. <laughs> there it comes. <laughs> Sit down, hold your fort, because it's coming. Oh, you king. The Most High God gave Nebuchadnezzar, your father, a kingdom and majesty and glory and honor. And he did. And for the message that he gave him, all people, nations, and language trembled, feared before him, whom he would be, whom he, whom he would, he slew, whom he would, you keep alive. In other words, your father would give life and kill at any moment. In whom he would set up, in whom he would be put down. But when his heart was lifted up, and his mind hardened in pride, talking about his dad. You look into the king. The wife is right here. They're talking to the. <laughs> he's talking, talking about his father to his son. That takes a lot of courage. You know this this Belshazzar king. Son of Nebuchadnezzar could just kill him right there. Cut his neck right here. Boom. Take the hand. Move. <laughs> but there's something about the power of the Holy Spirit who makes a man, makes you feel uncomfortable, and you, you're blessed by it. I prefer to be uncomfortable and blessed by someone who tell me the truth instead of someone who just want to lick my face. I've been telling for years, I'm not a popsicle for you to lick me. Don't try to get out of me what you want to get out of me. I, I, I will do what the Lord tells me to do. And uh, that, that, that's strength in ministry. And so when his heart was lifted up and his mind hardened in pride, he was deposed from his kingly throne and they took his glory from him. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Lord. You don't want, uh, you don't want the provision. You don't want the sufficiency. You don't want the bills being paid. You humble yourself before the Lord before you come to that state of mind. Pride takes your money away. Pride robs your sustenance. When you don't have any money, it's because you are in the spirit of pride. You think you've got something that people can use, and God says, I can't use you. And he was driven from the sons of men, and his heart was made like a beast. And his dwelling was with the wild asses. They fed him grass like oxen. His body was wet with the dew of heaven. Till they knew that the Most High God ruled the, in, the, in the kingdom of men. And that he appointed over it whosoever he will. See, in the conflict of life, when one person wants to be on top of the other, and try to commend and to rule and to magnify, if you are a servant of God, you need to bow down and humble yourself. Your posture supposed to be have your way, Lord, with my life. Instead of getting in the fight in the word of fright and pride and the accusation. You hear me? Am I getting somewhere with you? 
It's very difficult to bow down. I saw a Georgia player being hit out of the boundary of the field by another player. And the Georgia player, I remember I saw the red shirt going all the way down to the, to the metal boxes at the back where the fans were. He got up, walked out of the, in the field into his position without saying a thing. The one that hit him stood by to get a little fight going on. And that Georgia player just went to his position, turned around, and, uh, and, uh, and uh, <laughs> that was a 15-yard penalty. It, uh, the 15-yard penalty will come in different forms. Notice that, notice that uh, Belchizer, Nebuchadnezzar's son, worshipped the wine, the gold, and the silver. And so, the time has come now to interpret the dream. He says, And you, his son, O Belchizer, have not humbled your heart, though you knew all of this. What do you mean? You knew about what your father did and what he became like a crazy man for seven years eating grass. Why does God put you in a place to where you eat grass, even though you are a sinful man? It depends on the heart. Sin depends on the heart. You can come to conviction of the Holy Spirit of God. And in one moment of 30 minutes to an hour in prayer, convict yourself about what you have done. Or you can live in condemnation for seven years, eating grass. Which one you, you are doing now? Tell me where you are. Are you in the field, out of your mind, eating grass? Because if you don't, you're going to have your way. Well, this is what uh, you, Belchizer, all Belchizer, have not humbled your, your heart. You can humble physically, but you don't humble your heart. Humble your heart simply means something special. But have lifted up yourself against the Lord of heaven and have brought the vessels of his house before you and your lords, your wives, your concubines, have drunk wine in them. You have praised the gods of silver, gold, and brass, and silver, and stone. You sought money in order to somehow take care of yourself. And God was not pleased with you because you thought money to solve a pride problem. And the God in whom hand you breathed is, in whose all of your ways have you not glorified. You have not glorified the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac. Then was the part of the hand sent forth from him, and this writing was written. And so, it seems like the finger of the hand were still the wall. Poisoned in midair. And this is the writing that was written. Many, many tekel aparsim. And he interprets this. Let me just give you very briefly the interpretation. Many, 
God has numbered your days. God has numbered your kingdom. God has numbered your ministry. Take care. You are weighted in and balanced and found wanting. Number three, your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. Remember, remember that Babylon ruled, the Medes and the Persians took over. Then after that came whom? The Greeks. And then after that, which Alexander the Great. Then after that comes the Romans. The word aparsim or parsim is the plural of peres, meaning division. So it means that the great Babylon empire will be split up and given to the Medes and Persians. Now I'll finish up. That same night, Belshazzar the king of the Chaldeans was slain. And Darius the medium took the kingdom being about three scores and twenty years. Sixty-two years old, Darius took over that night, came in that night. The party didn't even end. Even before midnight, the, the soldiers from Darius, the Medes and the, and, the, and the Persians invaded the palace and took Belchizer's life. He was slain. Let me ask you this. you still alive? you still breathing? You still have time to bow before God? And submit to Him the God of silver, metals, and gold. And let Him rule your life and humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. Senhor, eu vejo o mundo triste, atribulado pela ação de Satanás. Clamando no 